What up, nerds? TJ and Scott here for the Raising Nerds podcast, talking about our favorite nerd topics and how raising little nerds of our own is better than having our very own Crate Dragon Pearl. How are you doing today, Scott? Doing great. You excited to talk about Chapter 9? Yes, I am. I'm actually really <laughs> excited about this one. Oh, okay. So we're going to, even though we have seen past episodes, or future episodes, I should say, mm-hmm. um, we are going to try to keep it contained with episode... Uh, one of season two, which is called Chapter Nine, which yes. is not confusing whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Really, really? <laughs> chapter Nine? Is that how we're gonna play this? Really? You gonna get to Chapter Hundred? Is that what we're gonna do?" That's probably the goal. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm, I'm okay with it, but I am too. I am too. As long as, like I said last week, it doesn't turn into Star Wars Rebels season five. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we we already had. Okay, sorry, we're trying to keep it on chapter <laughs> nine, and I'm already talking about like, oh look, all these people. Oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, so uh, chapter nine opens up with the Gamorian guard fight. What did you think about that? Uh, I mean, the fight itself it was really cool. Um, just to see, I'm pretty sure they have like the vibro bladed axes which don't really see that much usually it's either a blaster or a lightsaber so to see other swords or other weapons besides that was really cool yeah um the thing that kind of threw me off was their you know incredibly beefy upper part and then their legs were like toothpicks you noticed that too yeah so that was because all the Gamorrean guards before they had like bigger bottoms than Mm -hmm. top and these were like backwards (laughs) yeah so it was that was a little awkward strange but (laughs) it was really whatever uh I like the vibro the vibro weapons uh I remember in episode two of Mandalorian in chapter two they had them when he got attacked Mm -hmm. by those three dudes um the three Chandoshans that was pretty cool yeah uh it's almost hard to tell that they're vibro weapons but uh-huh. when you try to focus on them they they're fuzzy and yeah. that fuzzy it's not bad camera work it's actually it's, it's a it's vibrating mm-hmm. it's actually creating a vibrational thing to, to cut easier yeah but they did have shields or something right the it, that's what it looked like it some sort of a it, personal shield i don't yeah it looked like they could kind of glance the blows because there were a few okay. that was like i'm pretty sure that axe Hit him right on the arm. I'm not sure if that was, you know, to keep it toned down or if they did have <laughs> the ability to kind of block a little bit. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Uh, there was something fun that happened right when he goes in to the arena. There's the uh, Twilight right there. Uh-huh. And he's like, enjoy the fights. And I'm like, is he talking to me? Yeah. Because I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> and then I also wondered if he knew what was coming. Like, he's like, because yeah. if there's one well, thing I'll say, it's Mando enjoys the fight. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he is one that fight attacks Mando. He's yes. one of the dudes. So. That took me a minute. I had to actually watch it again yeah. after all that and doing notes. I had to watch it one more time, just the beginning, so uh-huh. I could see what happened to that dude. Because Mando just walks out after the, <laughs> he's like, the mob boss guy, and he's like, oh yeah, no, it's really fine. And it's like, what happened? But no, he, he shows up. Yeah. My guess is when all the people were running out, he's like, uh-oh. Go time. <laughs> time to go inside. Yeah. And enjoy the fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the mob boss guy, he calls him, he says that he has to search out the Mandalorian's hives mm-hmm. to harvest their shiny shells. Their shiny shells. Oh my gosh, that was, 
it's so interesting to hear people because it's it's almost like life in Star Wars is very casual and throwaway. Mm-hmm. Like people don't care as much. And to be honest, unless your last name is Skywalker, you are pretty expendable. Yeah, that is true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's why the Empire doesn't have railings on anything, right? That is exactly <laughs> it's true. Just trying to get through. You know, a lot of people looking for promotions, and you can't get promoted if there's not a vacancy. Exactly. <laughs> It's just a waste of time to do the safety stuff. It's just get it in and so, get on with it. So did you like Mando's fight with all the people in there with the Zabrak and the toilet guy? And I did. I really liked how it... Um, I liked how they kept trying to punch him in the head and it kept not working. I mean, he kept doing it, though. And one time he leaned into it. He, like, yeah. headbutted the dude's fist. <laughs> and and I, I'm like, that's, that's when he stopped. New. <laughs> yeah. I think the first time is when he punched him and it hit him and he hit back and it hit the dude behind him yeah, right in the head right. it's like that's what you get oh man Mando it's like he has this very destructive fighting style where if he wasn't wearing the armor there's no way that he would ever be able to fight that way yeah. right yeah <laughs> like half the time he's actually getting hit uh, yeah <laughs> but he's going in there he's like wearing the Iron Man suit where just, Tony Stark feels invincible. Yep. He just takes it. <laughs> you can just take the hits and hit right yeah. back. Another thing that I noticed that was interesting about the fight was the, the Gamorrean guard, the one that didn't get shot, like jumped over to hit him and missed, <laughs> and that must have knocked him out or something. I know. He's, he's gone the rest of the fight. Like, you, you missed him and you're out oh my gosh so. uh, I heard somebody talking about it it's like a like a WWE uh, yeah. move we're jumping off of the, into the into the chairs and stuff and I'm like oh my gosh yes and it knocked yeah. him out that's so funny it's like why yeah. were these guys even fighting um, so so then he takes the guy out and hangs him up by his feet were you were you okay with uh, Mando doing that kind of stuff to people um, I was kind of mixed I was okay with it. I mean, it did. I heard this. I heard talk about it. And it felt after I heard it, felt kind of Batmany to yeah, intimidate and, and stuff like that. But I mean, just to see the wire and the stuff, it just kept. It reminded me of the bounty hunter game that I had, where you played as Django Fett and you used your wire all the time to pull people towards you. So it brought <laughs> oh, that man. back. Oh yeah, that's right. He does that to uh, Obi Wan. Yeah. In episode two. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. I I was a little conflicted. That's one of the moments where, as a dad, I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if I want my kids to watch that part. Yeah, yeah. The, the one that got me was when he left him. I'm like, oh man, how much are they gonna like show here? Yeah, I I was pretty sure they're not gonna go super graphic. I mean, ever since the chapter one. When that dude gets caught in the door, yeah. they haven't really gone that That's far true. with it since then. Well, and, and vaporizing gel is like, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's so, good. so did, now fast forwarding a little bit, did you know? When did you know that it was going to be Cobb Vamp? Well, all right. So I had read the aftermath books. Okay. So. And I had heard synopsis. Okay. Yeah, so I had known from the start that if they had brought back Boba Fett's armor, it would be called Vanth. Right. Um, so, I mean, until I saw his armor, did I go, oh, it's called Vanth? It's like, I guess it's possible that, that he sees Boba. But um, knowing where Boba's armor was because of the book, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost guessed. And when they said Moss Pelgo, I was like, oh, okay, that's from Aftermath too. Really? Because that's the same city that he goes the and Cobb is the sheriff. Is, oh, yeah. okay. So when they say that, it was like, okay, so this is Cobb Van. And so really it was more of like a hope that it actually was. Because, you know, they say okay, Aftermath is canon. Right. And then if they don't do Cobb Van, it's like, okay, now you're contradicting yourself. Yeah. I mean, and, it was an interlude in Aftermath. It, it was one of yeah. the little side things. Exactly. Which could be just a legend story or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's even a book called The Legends of Luke Skywalker. It pro- yeah. That I, pulls from the EU, but aren't, <laughs> aren't necessarily canon. They're just stories that are told. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was... <laughs> I was so stoked. And when that happened, it was like, well, this is, you know, because this is like the first time that we've had a character come from the book to the movies not so much because usually you know you have like characters from the movies and then they have books about them like this is the first time the only time we've ever seen Cobb Vanth was in the books and then all of a sudden now he's a part of the movies or the, the universe oh sorry about that the computer's getting really loud so I'm trying to move it out of earshot of the mic <laughs> and uh, I, I just made louder noises there so you go that happens um, so I had heard about Aftermath, but not actually heard uh, exactly what happened. But I knew that Cobb Vanth was a character mm-hmm. on Tatooine who got Boba Fett's armor and like saved a town or something. Right. So when I hear when I hear the mob boss guy, I should have looked up his name or something. I don't remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he's... <laughs> he, he's he's whatever creature food. Um, yep. But when he said on, he's on Tatooine. And on Tatooine, the Mandalorian, he's there. It's a guy. And then when the when the title comes up and says the Marshal, I'm like, oh, it's combat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know who this is. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't hard at all. Um, now Mandalorian saying you he wouldn't die by his hand. Like, did you see through that right away? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the only one who didn't was the actual guy. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of us are like, he's dead. I think even Baby Yoda caught that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was. Um, so he goes back to Tatooine. He lands. He gets out, talks to Pelly. He's okay with the droids working on him now. Yeah. Oh, so now you're okay with droids? Yeah. Uh, and so interestingly, she has R5. She does. Which is which? I actually went back and watched Chapter Five, and saw that R Five was in the uh, Cantina. Yeah, yeah. And so now she has him, or is the owner of him? Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know how that happened, but <laughs> no, no. Uh, I know. I when we were there talking about R Five, and there was something that it went over my head to be honest. But as I was listening to people talk about it, it was like. You know the reason a little nod was the reason why r5 was so slow and like super um kind of you know just taking forever to do anything it's right because he's unmotivated because <laughs> he, he doesn't have a motivator <laughs> i was like i never even thought of that but when someone said it, i was like wow that's awesome <laughs> that is so great <laughs> so was was that the easter egg that they were talking about you know that's the only thing i could find really so, okay yeah. so there wasn't really was, a huge easter egg it was really for just luke theories skywalker. yeah for luke skywalker it was just oh, okay. theories as to where he could be based oh, okay. off of the trailer so i gotcha i gotcha oh, gosh that's so funny 
Because you talked about maybe it was the droid R5 yeah. saying something. <laughs> that, that's yeah. literally what it was. Now, he did have the little burn mark on top, and it confirmed it was R5 mm-hmm. from A New Hope. Man, yeah. droids last forever. They do. I mean, R2 was already an old unit in Episode 1, right? He's, yeah, it's an older was. unit. But, man, they last forever. 100 years. Yeah. R2's literally, I think, been around for like 100 years. <laughs> yeah. That's... <laughs> It's insane. I, I can't believe it. And, which, and he's still running great. I love him. Which, uh, which funny, reminds me of episode 9, mm-hmm. where they talk about C-3PO losing his mind. And they're like, oh, well, can't, doesn't R2 back up your memory? And he's like, oh, you know, he's known to have bad memory. Because he's old. Oh, gosh. Like, that makes sense. Oh, that's cool. And his, <laughs> his memory banks would be unreliable because he's such an old droid. Right. Well, that, that begs the question then. If if R2 is that old, then why the heck... Why are we keeping him around? And and if he was old in episode one, how old is he really? Yeah. Like, if they last for hundreds of years and he's already old in episode one... <laughs> Who knows? I, I can only assume yeah, well, that anyway. uh, Anakin upgraded him, you know? Got him some software updates. Yeah. Uh, increased his RAM. Had whatever. to have. Had to. Got have. a new hard drive. There are computers nowadays that don't last got, like two years. Gone solid state. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also noticed technology doesn't evolve super quick in Star Wars. And I wonder if that's because they already are so far along technologically. People don't have to do things. People don't have to do math. People don't have to yeah. do a lot of stuff that we do. Yeah. Like, they don't need to pull out their phone to do use a calculator. They just ask the thing. And, I mean, yeah, we're close. True. We're close to that. Yeah. In I our mean, world. There are some technological advances. I know I was looking up the Death Star. The yeah. first Death Star took 24 hours to recharge. Uh-huh. And the second Death Star oh. took three minutes. Oh, that's right. So, they did have, like, updates and stuff where they're like, okay, this needs to be faster. Well, it was a new technology. Yeah, but it that's evolved true. very quickly. That that's makes true. sense. So, maybe the technology that they do create they are they're then able to update much faster yeah. uh there's something i wrote down in my notes as well is that the mando doesn't take his ship to mos pelgo because Pelly says that oh they'll see you coming a mile away it's yeah. a it's a mining guild town yeah it's run by bandits and stuff and i'm like wait a minute what would have happened if he had just gone there in the <laughs> ship he he goes there it scares the crate dragon away he has his showdown with Cobb Vanth. Kills yeah. him, takes the armor, and, and moves on with his life. Episode over. <laughs> <laughs> we lose the whole episode that way, I think, because they certainly don't have the uh, firepower to stop his ship from getting there. Oh, absolutely not. So he like, just landed and been like, I'm taking your armor now. Do you think the missile on the on the jetpack would be able to do damage to the Razor Crest? Uh... Maybe it's powerful, but not that powerful. Well, it's like, powerful enough to it, it at least upset you know the crate dragon. Right, <laughs> right. So but, it it might hurt it a little bit, but I don't know if it could do much damage. And he only has one, you know, per. Yeah, I, I guess I don't, I, I don't know, know how many he has him. Yeah, I don't know how many he has in reserve, but for sure he's got just the one. Yeah, probably just one at a time. He only. He only replaces it after he uses it kind of thing. Yeah, I'd like to think he's smart enough, too, that if he blows up a ship, you know, if he misses, then Mando's just going to decimate that whole town. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, so probably he like, probably would try to talk maybe, to him first. He wouldn't, yeah. he, you're right, he wouldn't try to destroy him off the bat. So. Oh, all right, did, did you like how the armor doesn't fit Cobb Van? <laughs> 
So funny. <laughs> now, I know I mentioned to you before that you can see his chin sticking out. Did you look for that? Or oh, did you I notice that? that. That's <laughs> <laughs> like when you watch him, you can't see him speaking while the, while it's looking at his face, but from behind, they'll have him speaking. Uh-huh. And you can see his chin like covers up the bottom of the helmet and goes past it. Like it doesn't fully cover him because he's a tall dude. Yeah. He is a tall dude. And the armor's made to fit, but not fit him. Not fit him. It's made to fit Tamara Morrison. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who we'll talk about later, too. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay. All right. And there's one last thing I wanted to talk about that I noticed. And the rest of it we're going to have to earshot because I, I didn't uh, I didn't write <laughs> down anymore. Like, I, I really, I was writing down, like, everything. Right. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. I'm just going through the episode. Yeah, I was doing the same. Um, so when he asks for two uh, two snorts of spotchka from the Weequay. Right. The Weequay puts out two glasses and puts up the bottle. And you see him fumble for the glasses. And I'm like, there's no way he can see in that helmet. <laughs> like, he reaches for it where they should be, and it's just a little off. So he reaches and then has to adjust, oh. but he doesn't look down. <laughs> I did not notice that. That's... It's just one little thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, not only does the helmet not fit, I bet it's the eye holes are probably too, too high, high for him, too, because yeah. his head's taller. He's just... Well, that's like, uh, you know, the... Uh... Tuscan Raider in episode four uh-huh. with the gaffy stick when he's hitting Luke, the dude oh, yeah. couldn't see. So yeah. Luke, the um, Mark Hamill had to dodge, dodge the, the gaffy stick because the guy's like, I can't see you. So, okay, so I'm gonna give you plenty of knowledge where I'm gonna go, yeah. but you gotta do the rest. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Speaking of Tuscans, uh, I have I'm excited to watch the behind the scenes stuff for this next season. Yeah. Did you watch any of the gallery stuff? I did. I watched. Okay. I think I got, I only got, I think, halfway through. Okay. Um, I, I watched those things so closely. They and were, I, I loved the one on the music. I loved them all. Actually. Yeah, they Never were. Never mind. I, yeah. What <laughs> I, I saw, I don't think it was a bad one. Um, so anyway, uh, he can't, he can't see that. So they have their little showdown with, with Mando and then the crate Dragon shows up. What was your thought when they heard the tremors and you saw the thing coming through the sand. Did you know it was a crate dragon? No, I didn't know it was a crate dragon. Um, I was like, this is... I thought it might have been something like the uh, space worm in episode 5 that the Millennium Falcon hides in. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought it might have been something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't know it was a crate dragon until... Until they said until it. Until they said it. <laughs> crate dragon. Yeah. Oh. I didn't either, but the one thing I did for sure, I, I it took me a little bit out of the movie, is they walk outside and the earth is trembling. I'm like, oh, is it an earthquake? Oh, something's coming. Is it a ship? Mm-hmm. And then you see the, the sand moving and stuff collapsing and the moisture evaporators disappearing. And I'm like, are they doing tremors? <laughs> are they doing the tremors movies? <laughs> and sure enough, this thing comes through the sand and comes up and eats one of the things and i'm like all right well crate dragon what their official term is called a graboid so for anybody who knows the tremors movies that's what they call the the sandworms in that they call them graboids uh so i'm like yeah "Yeah, so the graboid this is the mother of all graboids oh definitely uh the moag (laughs) so it comes through and as soon as it happened i i knew immediately because mandalorian has a little bit of a formula yeah you know Mendo goes to do something, something is in his way, somebody asks for help, he gets the thing he wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a formula, but one that I love. Yeah. I, I mean, quite enjoy. Yeah. Um, so, what stood out to you 
at this point, now that we now that he goes out and meets the Tuscan Raiders with Cobb Vanth and they drink the water and meet with them on the campfire. Um, I mean, the thing that stood out to me is just how well versed he is in being able to speak with the Tuscan Raiders. Like, yeah, and he got, can actually speak this time. Yeah, yeah, we got kind of a little tidbit in the first season mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, so he, he kind of knows Tuscans and at least it's nice to see he kind of respects their area. Um, and then in this one, it was really like, you know, he's... It, it felt really, you know, kind of like they were the, you know, they're the natives of the land and he's mm. really not trying to step on their toes as he's trying to accomplish what he needs. And um, the, the, a major difference, at least something that um, caught my mind, is in the book with Cobb Vanth, when his town is being attacked mm-hmm. by bandits, I believe it is, okay. he actually enlists the help of um, Tuscan Raiders to help defend the town. That's what helps him save the town. Oh, really? So okay. finding out that he killed a bunch, it was like, I thought he was already friends with them. So that might be a change. So right? they might have changed that a little bit. Um, okay. But, yeah, it was really cool. They are very... Um, and this goes back to, you know, nice old Republic. They're very proud you know, Tuscan Raiders are incredibly prideful, very um, all about that honor stuff. And, right. you know, as Cobb Vance kind of spits in their face and stuff, mm. you know, Mando still tries to keep the peace. He's like, you know, you know, calm down when Cobb Vance gets upset. Yeah. Um, I, so I did look up, because I had heard this guy's voice before, the guy who plays Cobb Vance, Timothy Oliphant. Uh-huh. And I looked him up, and he did the voice of the Spirit of the West in Rango. Really? He was basically a Clint Eastwood impersonator in that movie. <laughs> and I sat there, I'm like, so he's just doing that. And from what I understand, yeah. the other movie he's in, I, th- I guess he's in Deadwood, which is another Western. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so he's just him. He's just <laughs> playing himself this time. Pretty much. I mean, he's an <laughs> amazing. It's not bad. Oh, uh, before we got all the way out there, he, he told that story about watching the second Death Star blow up yeah. in the Hollow News. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that was. It, it's for some reason, even though it's like you know, yes, this is a part of the Star Wars universe. I love it when it, it ties it in, where it's like this was there when that was happening, yeah. and it was only five years ago. Yeah, in in the universe, so yeah, it makes sense that it would be pretty fresh on everybody's minds. Exactly. But then immediately for them, it got taken away because they were taken over by another yep. dictatorial society. Yeah, storm stormtrooper adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So I'm tr- I'm watching through the movie in my head right now because I, I watched it multiple yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> and so they fly out, they get out there, they talk to them, they go and see the cave of the abandoned Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, was that cool to you to hear him talk about how it's an abandoned pit? He's like, oh yeah, I've never seen an abandoned Sarlacc. Pit. Yeah, it's like you know these don't exist. And you know, it's like, it is if you eat the Sarlacc. Because it's like, you know, episode six really played just how massive these things are and how terrifying these Sarlaccs are. Yeah. And like, you know, in order to kind of say, this is how much worse a crate Dragon is. It's like, oh yeah, it eats that. You know, like, yeah, but it's... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, a Sarlacc can't get up and move around and, no. and hunt. Yeah. But... Great dragon can and, and so it just, not, dissolves its brain. 
Yeah. So it just <laughs> no eats. It just eats a, a sarlacc. Which I, uh, I did find it really funny when Mando. He's like, they might be open to some new ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They uh, try to feed him a bantha and end up feeding him one of their own. Which makes sense because the Kray Dragons figured out that the bantha's still gonna be there. Yeah, he's not gonna move. But May as well get a little, little extra. Exactly. Yeah, they're open to some fresh ideas. Although which... I, I do question if the if the crate dragon would even bother going after one person. Yeah. Because they are so small. I mean it's for us it's like it's like a smarty. Like do you yeah, just exactly. see one smarty you... and you're That's good? That's true. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> but I guess if you had a pack of smarties and one of them fell out you still one. eat them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like if uh Tuscan Raiders, the Smarties of tattooing. Exactly. <laughs> or jelly beans or... Or jelly just, beans. You know, if you dump them out and one rolls away, you grab that one first. And that's essentially what he did. So one thing I, I, uh, one thing I really did love afterwards, because after they see it, they start talking about how they could confront the crate Dragon. And uh, Cobb Vanth is like, well, what, what is that? What are the bones? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, it's the dragon. What are the rocks? That's us. It's like... <laughs> not the scale yeah. like at first the first time i watched it i thought he was saying well it's not just there's no way that's to scale but the second time i watched it, it felt more like an an extra insult because he already doesn't like the sand people yeah he's like like oh oh yeah that's the dragon and that's us <laughs> well it's not exactly to scale yeah <laughs> you know kind of an offhand uh-huh. ding or How dig at him these guys don't and really then he's like them. no that is to scale <laughs> it's like yeah. oh i was i was just being mean uh-huh <laughs> And they're like, oh, they actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So that was intense. Uh, when he, I did love how he went back as well and tried to pitch it to the townsfolk. And he's like, there's only a matter of time before he comes after one of you townsfolk. Uh-huh. Or, heaven forbid, the, the school. school. And the first I was like, I didn't see a single kid there. Yeah. But there is. Is there? I saw one kid. <laughs> It's after the crate dragon comes through. It's a, I think it's a little girl helping her dad put the planks back on their porch. Oh. And so I'm like, oh, there, there are kids. There, there are is kids a school. It, that, it, the town just looks so small. It was like there's like six houses. In I this know, place. and the townsfolk, all the all the adults in the town, barely fill the cantina. Exactly. How does that justify a cantina? I don't know. <laughs> they gotta have a place to meet. Yeah, I think that was just where the stormtroopers and the mining guild people hung out. Yeah, to, yeah, to watch true. over the, it was like their headquarters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it is funny that they had one congregate area. Like in a lot of old old towns, it was the saloon. Mm. It was because that was the biggest meeting place, and on Sundays it was converted into a church. You know? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's what they did. They didn't have money and means to start a whole different place for a church. No, and alcohol. While terrible for them, wasn't necessarily, you know, evil. <laughs> exactly. In this case, it's Spotchka. It's Spotchka. Do you like? Do you like them pulling stuff from the previous episodes? Yeah, I do. I, I like the the tie-in. You know the, you know who who doesn't like a good? You know they kind of do a little build-up here and then, they do the payoff later. Yeah. I mean that's what most <laughs> movies are. You can almost detect them now in movies where it's like this is a button never touch it like well, okay now we know we're gonna need to at some point touch this button <laughs> yes so it's cool it's like oh, we're talking about this and now it's back it's like oh yeah. hey yeah so. it's kind of cool though because like in that scenario like 
I've heard it before when you're writing a story. If you see a gun by the second act, it has to be used within the next act or something. Right. Um, but with the spotchka, it's just something that's thrown in. It's yeah. like everywhere they go, whenever they get a drink, it's spotchka. Uh-huh. We know how the spotchka is made. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, so that's kind of fun. I just love that stuff. Yeah. So the crate dragon. Now, now let's let's jump into our, our creature feature, all right? Because right. every episode we want to try to talk about one of the creatures in Star Wars. Not every yes. episode has creatures, but no. this one definitely has creatures. Definitely does. <laughs> we've got yes. Banthas. We've got the dog creatures that the Tuscans have. Should have written down their name. I don't know. I, uh, we'll get there if we'll we ever cover them. We'll get. I'm there. sure we will. We don't know everything about Star Wars. We're just nerds. Exactly. We're just fans. Exactly. We're we're nerds, not geeks. exactly so i need to learn about crate dragons tell me what you discovered about crate dragons first off crate dragons are fascinating at least you know in what i've learned there are two types of crate dragons there's a canyon crate dragon which are the smaller crate dragons and then there are the greater crate dragons and that's what we saw in episode um one it was a crate, uh, a greater crate dragon. Okay, so the small crate dragon, the canyon ones, are like the bones that we saw. That is actually four. a greater crate dragon. That is also a yeah. greater crate dragon. Okay. The canyon crate dragon, they are about, um, from what I could uh, study up on, there's they're about forty five meters long. Okay. So they're just a little bit longer than a Jawa sandcrawler. Oh, that's how that's big not, they are. That's not too big. Yeah, those are ones that actually Tuscan Raiders would be kicked out of their tribe and would have to kill in order to come back. It was kind of a oh, rite of passage. They had to kill a, a crate dragon. Oh, gotcha. But it was one of the canyons. Usually, yeah, because the greater crate dragons... Because <laughs> as we see. <laughs> exactly. They are more of 100 meters long, the greater oh, crate dragons. And oh, they're yeah. known... They're the ones that have legs. They're the ones that swim through the sand, like we saw. So the other ones they have are... legs? They do. They do have legs. They have... Huh. If I remember, it is six... Six legs, um, three or two sets of three. Yeah. Um, legs that they use to swim through the sand. Wow. So. Okay. That made sense. It has yeah. to have some sort of a carapace or something that moves that will get it through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, those. That's the uh, greater crate dragon. These uh, the creatures. The they live to be about a hundred years old, and they that's do not, not get weaker with age. Okay. So they continually get stronger. Um, I'd imagine their shells probably just keep growing. Yes. We don't see like abandoned shells or anything or like shedding. No. My guess is it just builds up over time because that armor is thick. Yes. And there's actually a, it's a fabled place. No one's ever really found it. That is a crate dragon graveyard. Kind of like an elephant graveyard. Yeah. Where they just think. Where they go to die. And it's searched (laughs) out for the crate dragon pearl. Okay. Which I've been really excited to kind of talk about. Okay. Right. Now let's get into the pearl. I know you, you talked with me a little bit about this another time, but yes. I want to start fresh. So. Uh, it's not an egg. No. <laughs> the, so the thing that this, the uh, Tuscan Raiders pulled from the crate dragon is a crate dragon pearl. Okay. Now they come from crate dragons, much like birds and lizards, here will eat rocks to help grind their food up oh they have multiple gizzards that the rocks pass through okay and because of the acidity in the crate dragon and because of its constant movement they get refined down and become pearls oh now 
they're very valuable um, for multiple reasons. One, they're they're so hard to get. Yeah. Because you can only get one by killing a crate dragon. Right. Um, Tuscan Raiders uh, respect someone who's has a, a pearl. You know, you can get back into a tribe as a Tuscan Raider if you kill a crate dragon. But if you can bring back a a crate a dragon pearl, you can move up the ranks of a, a Tuscan Raider tribe. Oh, okay. Because that's such a big feat of bravery. Okay, so not just killing a crate dragon, but one that has a pearl. Because the one that means the ones that have the pearl would have been around for longer. Exactly. It's an older one, it's a smarter one. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Um, And it's because of how ferocious they are. In fact, even a side note that I I put down here that was fascinating is there are um, form five of the lightsaber is actually called the Way of the Crate Dragon because it's used, uh, it's based off of um, ferocious attacks with lightsaber. Oh, wow. Anakin and Luke Skywalker use this form. Okay. Which is called, it's called Shin and Jinso. Is the... Man, the, uh, the Star Wars game I played started to go through the form, so yeah. I add them to the game. And so, uh, Shin and Chin? Or? Sh- uh, Shin and Shin. Jin. Oh, Shin and Mastery. I know Shin and Mastery. Shin and Jinso. 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 We never got to Jinso Mastery. But but Sheehan Mastery was in one of the last sets of Destiny. Yeah, so it is That's the cool. Way of the Crate Dragon. They named it after um, the Crate Dragon. So Form oh 5. That's awesome. Um, so super cool. Cool uh, um, side note to that. The Another thing about the, the, the Pearl, which is really fascinating, is when it's being um, shaped and formed... It's it's been said that it's either because it has part kyber crystal or just because of how it's being shaped. You can actually use it instead of a kyber crystal for a lightsaber. Wow. Yeah, Jedi can. Um, what's the word? They can mold it, tune it. That's what it is. They can tune a crate dragon pearl to power their lightsaber. Okay, so like a smaller pearl, I would imagine. Yes, yes. A much the one we saw in pearl. the great dragon, it's like. Oh, right. Yeah, so there's... who's using that as a exactly, lightsaber? Exactly, that's true. Another crate dragon, a Jedi crate dragon. Exactly, <laughs> He's yes. using a, a pearl inside <laughs> his lightsaber. Uh-huh, yeah. Because it's so bad. If a crate dragon had a lightsaber, you'd pretty much be done for. <laughs> um, but actually, they, crate dragons, for as ferocious as they were, they are actually hunted quite a bit because of the pearls, because of the two pearls. Well, yeah, with the Tuscans. And that's probably why they're so rare, kind of hunted to extinction yeah. in some ways. Yeah. I mean, we have ones like the one the Mando fights. It's so huge. There's no way anybody could have taken it out. Exactly. And it took an entire village and an entire tribe of Tuscans and a Mandalorian who kicks everyone's butt he meets exactly. to try to finally take it out. Yeah. So these, <laughs> these pearls, they can be tuned to become lightsaber, uh, to power a lightsaber. It's much harder to use a pearl for a mm-hmm. lightsaber, but it makes a lightsaber much stronger than just a kyber crystal powered lightsaber. Okay. Okay. So, I like that idea. Super cool. I like that. Um, I, 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 when I was kind of watching something about that, they asked, "Would you rather use just a Kyber crystal or a crate dragon pearl?" And uh-huh. I'd want to do a crate dragon pearl just because that's so cool. Um, they have <laughs> the cool. colors that I could see that you can get from a crate dragon's pearl is uh, blue, green, red, white, or black are the Ooh. colors you can get with oh. a pearl. Okay, okay, Darksaber. 
Could be. Dark and that's Saber. actually a theory I heard that um, Mando is in order to fight, you know, Moff Gideon, mm-hmm. who we know has the Dark Saber. Right. He's going to need something equally powerful enough to fight it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the end of the first episode, Cobb Vance says, I hope our paths cross, which is the oh, yeah. setup to we're going to cross paths again. Oh, yeah. Uh, implement that it's maybe possible that he constructs something and uses a crate Dragon Pearl as... To power it. To power it. Oh, that'd be so cool. Which would be really cool. <laughs> um, because crate Dragons, because they swallow multiple... Um, Multiple rocks, stones, yeah. it's possible that that crate dragon might have more than one pearl. Yeah. So a smaller one, it's possible that we could see him using a pearl to power some sort of, like a lightsaber, uh, which yeah. would be really cool. That would be. Um, <laughs> I think I'd probably yeah. try to raid the crate dragon's lair just in case some of those stones got turned to pearls and then, you know, passed through the yeah, that's, system. Yeah. It's that's, like... Yeah, you go in there. There's like a giant pile of crate dragon dung. Awesome. <laughs> you got to dig through, but you if find there's a pearls pearl. in there. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you, you're set. You got the easy way um, to get a pearl. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so that is a, you know a little bit about the crate dragon, the crate dragon pearl. Um, oh, we saw awesome. in episode one that they do have acid that they can spit out that disintegrates its prey, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's also the reason why we could see them moving. He moves so fast in the episodes because he does have legs, which allow okay. them to travel wherever they need wow. to go. Man, that thing was so big. Yeah, it. it I it thought they huge. did a fantastic job on the scale. Of yeah, they thing. did. Now I was looking at it. I couldn't tell if they were using a puppet, but I'm pretty sure they were. There were a couple of its yeah. movements that were just a little bit shaken. That you don't get from a CG object, right? And so I think I think they use a combination of CG to smooth it out, but then and slow it down, That's maybe. Quite possible, yeah. But then I think they had some sort of a puppet. That's my guess. Well, that would be awesome because it looked fantastic. Yeah, it looks so oh, good. Yeah. I mean, what <laughs> I will probably see in the the behind the, the scenes, the gallery will tell us. We'll go into the crate dragon. I think. I hope so. I hope there's a whole one on creatures because yeah, there are some really good ones in cool. there. That would be cool. Be really fun. Um, so there's a there's another thing that I wanted to go through. Oh, we'll we'll do it after. We we got to finish the episode. We're not even <laughs> done with the episode yet. What what I love about podcasts about this show is every one of them is longer than the episode. Oh yeah, every single one, <laughs> because yeah. there's so much more to talk about. Because you're we're breaking down a scene. Exactly. But like you see a crate dragon, they say crate dragon, you move on, uh-huh. and we we just spent like five <laughs> minutes or whatever just talking about okay, what's a crate dragon? What's uh-huh. the pearl? What, what does that do? So, yeah. uh, Mandel's plan to kill the crate dragon. What did you think about the original plan? To blow it up from underneath. Well, it's very familiar because in Knights of the Old Republic, when you see a crate dragon, and that's actually where I saw a crate dragon pearl for the first time in that game. That's how you kill it in the game. Oh, really? Yes, you uh, get the help from a ancestor of Bib Fortuna. If you remember, that is kind of the the Twi'lek who is the lackey for Jabba the Hutt. Right. So his ancestor, uh, Darth Revan, is who you are. You help. He helps you kill a crate dragon you need to get to something that's in the crate dragon cave okay and the goal is to lure the crate dragon out and then you blow it up 
from so, beneath. Oh, so, it actually works. It works in the game. So it's so you were watching that, going, "Yeah, that's exactly how you that's do how it. it. That's how you do it. That's how it works." So, oh, so that was made just for you. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, when I saw them loading all of the charges onto the bantha, I'm like, "Oh, they're gonna feed him the bantha and <laughs> blow him up." And I'm like, oh, that's a smart idea. Smart. (laughs) So then they get there and they're like, okay, we're going to bury him at the entrance and blow him up from the belly. And I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see if that works. Which, oh, a side note, I know we were talking about earlier, it was really cool to see these uh, Tusken Raiders and the Banthas walk in a single file line. Oh, yes. I loved this point. Go ahead, yeah. It was, you know, it just ties (laughs) in that, you know, all the way back to episode four when obi-wan says you know they go in a single file line to hide their numbers it's like and you see it in the mandalorian it's like that's exactly what they're doing there that's <laughs> how they travel that, that was not even something i even thought about until you mentioned it uh, and i went oh my gosh can you imagine the the tightrope you have to walk yeah when you're making this show like oh yeah we're gonna have tuscan raiders and then they're all gonna travel out there and it's like oh yeah well, well they'll travel however and it's like no they will travel in they a single travel. file line. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, right. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I mean, I, that might be like my dream job to be on the set of Star Wars and be like, can we do it like this? And I'm like, nope, you have to do it like this. Or, yeah, that's fine. It was <laughs> yeah. so fun. You want, you want the Dave Filoni or the Pablo. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's his last name? Pablo Hidalgo. Pablo Hidalgo. He's the story master mm-hmm. over there at, at uh, Lucasfilm. And then Dave Filoni is the uh, the real Star Wars master. Exactly. That, that we all recognize. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Pablo Pablo gets his info from Dave Filoni. Exactly. And Dave Filoni gets it from George Lucas. Yes. I know he said that George Lucas is the canon. So. Yep. No matter what. Um, if George Lucas says something's different, then something's different. Yep. And if he says man, uh, Jango Fett's not a Mandalorian, he's not. If he says, well, maybe he is, though, maybe he is. Exactly, and it'll just it can change. like that. Um, but yeah, that was really cool that they kept that um, continuity. You know, I know there's yeah. a lot that you can nitpick and stuff. And I, I think I liked looking more at the stuff where they preserved, where it's like, oh, that, that might not have been, you know, necessary. Oh, yeah. But to them, Not it, many it people was. Like, it. This, this is Star Wars, and this is how they travel, so that's how it's going to look. And it's like, <sighs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that was an excellent point. That was an excellent point. Well, uh, in the end, uh, they ended up going with my plan. Yes, they did. <laughs> I saw, and I'm sitting there, as Mando says, we've got one shot at this to blow it up. And I said, why didn't you use all the explosives? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and then there's explosives still on a bantha. And then they go with my plan to blow it up from the inside. So I kind of sat there going, that's what I would have done. <laughs> that's how I would have started. That's how I would have tried to start. You could have right? knocked 20 minutes off of that fight. Yeah, and, and about a dozen villagers and Tuscans <laughs> who got melted by the acid Exactly. Spit. Now, in the game, did, did the Craig Dragon have an acid spit? He did not. So in the <clears> game, you didn't really fight him. And he right, looks more like a giant horned um, Komodo dragon. Is okay. what he looked like. Oh, okay. And yeah, okay. you just lured him out with Banthas, um, oh. <laughs> which takes off the Tuscan Raiders. Which oh, sure. It's interesting, yeah. That's but then they respect you after. They do, because you have a crazy <laughs> dragon girl. It. <laughs> but again, they're very testy, I mean, at least in the game. I opened up a basket, and they went nuts and tried to kill me. 
So watching them fight at the campfire with Cop Vanth, I was like, you guys got to be careful. These guys are like, they're loose cannons. Yeah, if you do and, one thing, they'll just go nuts. Yeah, and Mando kept telling him, he was like, exactly. lower your voice. Uh-huh. Like, because like, you don't, these, you're you just set these people them. off. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. That makes sense. So, Ooh. yeah, that was, that. you didn't really see, you know, you saw the crate Dragon and how big it was. What's up, man? But. Huh? Go ahead and say it. Is it is it not recording now? Here. Alright, just give me a second. We're gonna pause for a second. And then we'll jump we'll jump into the end. Yeah, we're good. Stopped. Yeah, it did. Okay. Uh, my guess is it probably ran out of uh, recording space. Just got so much juicy information. Yeah. So we'll have to uh, I don't know if we'll upload the YouTube video. <laughs> I might just have like the blank screen for a while. I was like, sorry, the video got out. That's we got right. we got a few minutes left. All right, that's good. <clears throat> anyway, so back in. Okay, so they blow up the Kray Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mando does it by going inside it. Yep. Uh, did you have any doubt he'd get out? No. Yeah, me. No, I mean first episode. And- <laughs> yeah. He's the Mando. Chapter 9, and I already know there's a whole season. Yeah, and it's exactly. still called The Mandalorian. Exactly. They haven't changed the name to The Baby Yoda uh, Show featuring yeah, The Mandalorian. Exactly. Yeah. I know when we were watching it, um, you know, my wife was like, so uh, his armor protects him against the acid? Like, oh, I guess that's so. a good point. I guess it that's does. A really like, good point. Yeah, he was in there. It's like it just demolishes everything else, but uh, his Beskar, I'm like, yep, because it's Beskar. <laughs> best car held up exactly <laughs> uh it could also be that the acid is an actual glandular thing That's that true. he has to excrete that is like true. i imagine like a dragon breathing fire if a dragon mm-hmm. swallows you you don't burn up inside them so i wonder if it's just something like that where it's just a, a melt your face kind of thing could be and my guess is it's probably for to help with digestion it can spit yeah. that at its prey like a sarlacc pit mm-hmm. and start melting it and then eat it after that's true. It's disabled. That's true. Um, but that uh, anyway. Oh, gosh, seeing those guys get melted, I'm like, like, whoa, yeah, that happened. Uh, luckily, it's not super graphic. No, like they just they get just covered kinda... in the liquid and then they kind of just fall down. Yeah, and then they're disappear. gone. You're like, oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay. That was too um, bad. And then it, when we say disappear, it's like completely disappear because like they show some wide shots afterwards and there's no acid, there's yeah, no it's people, gone. it's all just sand again, uh-huh. which I think is probably just one of those things. They're like, okay, do we need to add wet spots for the acid? <laughs> they're like, oh. Like, no, no, just just fine. keep going. Nobody will notice. No one's gonna complain. <laughs> Nobody's about gonna that. care. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, yeah, it just absorbed right into the sand and disappeared, just like the crate dragon. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's a theme. Yeah, and of course, most of it's probably got carrot covered up by the crate dragon. Yeah. Because of how massive it was. Yeah, and it slamming into the ground and swinging all over the uh-huh. place. Which I also thought must have been really difficult for them to. You know, all their banthas got eaten. How'd they move all that meat? <laughs> all that I'm meat. sure how much did they have to dig out of the sand? Because he didn't come all the way out when he died. No, he didn't. It's like they had to, you know, probably dig a whole bunch of him out. <laughs> if if they did. Or just leave it there. I'm, I'm sure some of it maybe. spoiled. Yeah. You know, it has something to, that big. Think. You saw the chunk they gave Mando. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that should be Baby Yoda for, well, apparently half an episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> that kid is hungry. Yes. All the time. Yeah. So I was surprised also that Mando kept up the idea that he he needed the armor. That he had to have mm, the armor come yeah. from Cobb Vanth. I thought for sure he was going to let Cobb Vanth keep it. Yeah, I did too. That's that's like the noble warrior type thing. Yeah. Like, you know what? You're doing so much good with this. You go ahead and keep it. But Mando's creed still overrules oh, right. I his... It. His uh, his kindness. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he could just leave and just not tell anybody that guy has Mando armor. But by creed and by religion, it's like, well, no, this is ours. Yeah, it's, it doesn't belong. I want it back. Yeah, which um, also uh, something I noticed, which was really <clears throat> cool, on the jetpack of Cobb Vance, you know, Boba Fett. There's a metal patch. Yes, where Han Solo hit the jetpack. <laughs> I, I thought it was that. so cool that they added that. <laughs> I also loved how Mando hit the exact same uh-huh. spot. Yeah. It's almost like that's a weak point on the jetpack that if that's damaged, it'll just go off. Yeah. And so Mando's like, oh, hey, it looks like you're damaged in that one spot. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of the kid. <laughs> that was so funny. And combat, like, tell your people. I wasn't on the program. Yeah, I was wondering if he's, that's what he's alluding to. He's like, this was broken at some point. And we all know that it was Han. <laughs> But we're like, hey, you know another connector of like... I don't know if it was Han. No? You know what I think it was? What? I think it was the Reek in episode two. I think it yeah. irreparably damaged Boba's jetpack, or Jango's jetpack, yeah. when he got run over by that. And so when Han hit it, it was on accident, but he hit it in just the right way that it it, it went off, it with, off that, yeah. with that damage from the Reek in episode oh. two. I always, felt, I, was, I, guess I always thought he had different armor, but... It makes sense. He had his dad's arm. I'm pretty right? sure it's his dad's arm. Is it? I'm pretty uh, probable. sure. Because where would he get another set? That's true. He has a different helmet, he, though. What, is it? Yeah, because in Clone Wars, he uses the helmet as a bomb to try and kill Mace Windu. Remember? Oh when, my uh, goodness! Because they see the helmet on the on the the console of the, yeah. the ship, and the helmet blows up unless it survives that explosion. I mean, but, I, hey, uh, Beskar held up. I <laughs> must have. <laughs> I always thought it was the same. Okay, you're right. Yeah. So I know it has to be a different helmet for sure. But okay, it is a little squattier. Yeah. I notice this is a little, little bit thinner, uh, height wise, than Jango's. Yeah. Jango's, Jango's is like Mando's. It's a little. It's on the tall side. That's true. At least when I when I picture it in my head, <laughs> which yeah. is always a hundred percent accurate. Oh yeah. Oh man! Uh, so he takes the armor and he leaves, and then we get the shot that I'm going to be super frustrated if it's the only shot of the character in oh, the entire season. I doubt it. But there's a part of me that wonders, and it is a character staring off into the twin suns, watching Mando run away with Boba Fett's armor. And who is it? Boba Fett. It's freaking Boba Fett. Oh, the whole episode, yeah. they're like, oh, he's going to find Boba. It's like, oh, it's not Boba Fett. And then at the end, it's like, man, it oh, is look, Boba, it's Boba Fett. Fett. <laughs> Which would then be interesting if he has to come back for like a crate Dragon Pearl or something. When he That's gets caught true. in, That's, That's when true. he runs into Boba. And the other question is, why did Boba relinquish the armor? Maybe people were hunting for him, knew who yeah. he was. The Empire fell. I think you mentioned that. Yeah, I time. wondered. We, we talked about maybe it was... That same Sarlacc that got eaten was the one that Boba was in, and that's how he was able to get out because oh, yes. the crate dragon started eating the Sarlacc, and so it and regurgitated it had to be pretty or shortly something. after. 
Yeah. Because the sarlacc doesn't digest you quickly. No. It, it traps you and then slowly digests you. Mm-hmm. Um, but going with the Beskar holding up in the acid, yeah. can't digest Boba. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe that's how he got out. He got out, maybe traded the armor. It's possible. For a yeah. passage with the Jawas. Yeah. I mean, I wonder where is his ship at, you know, Slave One. Is that still there? Is he is he stuck on Tatooine and can't get out? I wonder off? if it took him a while to get out of the Sarlacc pit. Possible. And so when he got out, somebody had repoed Slave yeah. One or stolen it and sold it. Or... Yeah. Because yeah. it looks like he's got some Tusken Raider weapons. He does. He has the rifle and the and gaffy, gaffy stick, stick, which apparently is a toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about that? That was... Never thought I'd see a, a Tuscan Raider brush up my teeth. <laughs> but I'm I'm more enriched for for the experience. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man, the whole episode. Now, there was some speculation in episode f- uh, in chapter 5 uh, whether or not it was Boba Fett who found Fennec Shand. Yes. At the end of the episode. Yeah. And I originally was on the camp of absolutely not, absolutely not. It's not Boba Fett. It's just somebody. It's another another marshal. Uh-huh. You know, it could be Cobb Vanth maybe, or somebody. But then, my brother Travis showed me the shot from Empire Strikes Back when Bubba walks in after Vader surprises Han and Leia and uh-huh. Chewie. And when Bubba walks in, I promise you, it is the exact same sound. It is literally the exact same spur sound that mm-hmm. you that you see. And then, in chapter 9, when Boba turns around and starts walking towards the camera and walks out of frame, if you listen real close, and you got to listen close, you can hear it. You can oh, hear man. the spurs. And so we know that Boba found Fennec Shand. Whether she was still alive, like clinging to life, I like to hope she was. Because she's an cool. assassin. There's no yeah. way that a blaster shot to the gut would be... a hundred percent kill and it took her a while to pass out yeah that's true so i'm hoping that she's still around because i would love to see i'd love to see her come back in i I agree i need some mulan in my star wars yeah (laughs) she's so cool so for those of you who don't know the actress who played fennec shand uh played mulan in the uh voice acting for the animated yes version of mulan and then she also played agent may in agents of shield yes so seeing her in this kind of just it was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a Agent May all over again. She yes, it was. A kick butt, no nonsense, doesn't smile kind of person. Exactly. She was a little more conniving in yes. this one, for sure. A little more Black Widow-y. So cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was that, that was great. Anyway, sorry, we got a little off topic. So point is, Boba Fett's back. Boba Fett is back, and we hope to see him again. Soon. This is a story about Mandalorians. We need Boba to confirm if he is an actual Mandalorian. Yes. Either that, I either need that this season, or I need him to run into Captain Rex. Yeah. Because he would play both characters, and I would just be happy all day long. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd love to see how Boba Fett got out. You know, if we talk yes. about how did he get out of the Sarlacc pit, or what happened. I can't love think to a see. good flashback would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I also, but I also want a little bit of mystery there. I almost want a Jack Sparrow type explanation where it's yeah. just him sitting there telling you how he did it, and you're like, "There's no freaking way he did that," uh, that's and true. you have no, and you have no way to second guess that or uh-huh. say that's not what happened because he's out. And he's like, "Well, now, <laughs> well, I'm out." That would be cool how, too. How do you say I got out? <laughs> it's like, that would be cool. 
that'd be that'd be some pretty kick butt. <laughs> but yeah, that would be cool. Ah, that'd be awesome. Anyway, all right. Well, last thing I wanted to do, I had a, a proud dad, proud nerd dad moment today. I was trying to explain to Ben a little bit about Agents of Shield and meeting new characters like Daisy uh, and uh, Agent May. I keep wanting to say Aunt May. <laughs> Aunt May, Marissa Aunt to May. May. Uh, but Agent May, Quake, Ward. And he said, Ward, is, is that a bad guy? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, he's one of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like, oh, I thought you said Warg, like Lord of the Rings. Oh. And my heart just swelled. I'm like, <laughs> the fact that my son, when I'm trying to explain one nerdy thing, could mistake it for another nerdy thing. <laughs> and not, not just because he's heard a similar sounding word, but because he knows what a Warg is. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so it's a bad character. That's... The, it would be a Warg. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a wolf. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. I, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that literally happened awesome. today. It was so great. So, <laughs> oh well. Uh, anything else you want to add from chapter nine? Anything cool that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think we covered all of it. Nothing really. Uh, I know we talked about doing like a dark side perspective of things, but I don't really see a dark side thing happening. Not in this one. There really is no bad guy except the crate Dragon. Yeah, he just wanted to live and yeah. eat some Banthas and yeah. occasionally some Tuscan. I mean, even if you think about it, you can go into that. and you know, He's probably attacking people because his whole life he knows that crate Dragons get hunted. How many of his you know family members that got killed by Tuscan Raiders? Yeah. So it's possible. But yeah, there's not really any, any depth you can go into the bad side. Yeah. Well, he, he put up a really good fight. For yeah. sure, got those launching spikes into him. Oh, yeah, and still fought back. You know, we'll we'll give that great crate dragon a uh, some props for his ability yeah. to fight back. But I think we all knew when the Mando got involved, there was no other way this was going to end. There, this is the way. <laughs> Gorkoresh is the name of the guy in the beginning. Thank you. Gore oh Koresh. gosh, Mando says that. I'm here to see Gorkoresh. Yes, enjoy the fights. Or Koresh. I mean, his, awesome. I can't really see his... We don't know enough about him to get any dark side perspective. He just likes to kill Mandalorians, which... He's just a greedy dude. Has yeah. no no regard for life. He shoots that Gamorrean out of the blue. It, again, it really feels like life is a is an expendable commodity mm-hmm. in Star Wars. And which is unfortunate, because, I mean, we laugh at it all the time. Yeah, we do. I mean, we yeah. thought it was cool that it revealed acid spit. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, those poor Tuscans and town folk that are gone yeah. now. Uh, my wife and I counted, actually, uh, how many Tuscans versus town folk. I could only see two, maybe three townsfolk that got melted. Interesting. And there's like 10 Tuscans. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, they more. definitely took the hit on that one. Yeah. For uh-huh. sure. That was some uh, That was some Anakin-level destruction there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that just... tribe. The thing I loved, at least at the beginning, you know, going back, is it just kind of sets just how, you know, the Mandalorian just is almost never intimidated by things. Where it's like, he's got, what, three or four guns pointed right at his head, and he's like, why did you hand the armor over to me? And he's like, all right, uh, you tell me where the Mandalorian is that you know of, and maybe I'll let you out here alive. You're like, <laughs> he's got all the guns pointed at him 
But they keep aiming for the best car. They do, which, you know, you'd think... Best car holds up. It does. Come on. <laughs> At that range. Exactly. But, so it's just... The episode just really set the the stage for just how awesome Mando is. He just, like... I don't even care. He d- it doesn't even... Like, even when the crate Dragon finally fully reveals itself, he's just like... There he is. Yeah. It's like he was waiting for the full reveal. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, we hadn't gotten there yet. No. There he is. Now we can kill now him. Now I understand. Yeah. I uh, mean, the the return of his, his rifle. Yes. Yes. The um, disintegrator rifle, which yeah. disappeared for half of the last It season. did, which is unfortunate. But seeing <laughs> it here, we're like, oh, there you are. And then using the electric staff again. Yes. First episode of both seasons. That's true. We always forget. I, I forgot. I forgot yeah. I had the electric thing. And it, I know, right? And the cool thing, the difference between... You know, the very first episode of season one, where mm-hmm. the first time we see him, we see him from his back walking, like, you yes. know, just super awesome. And then this one, he's coming towards the camera. Yeah. But still looking like, you know, awesome. I am the best. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> don't mess with me. And then he, the cool thing is he's like, don't mess with me. And then when people do, he shows them why you don't mess with Mandalorians. Yeah. All through the episode, they talked about how how good at killing they are. Yeah. It's like, and that, that's, that's repeated in later episodes yeah. too. So. Yeah. And I mean, also just, and he's really good. They just, they know what to do with the, the child, with baby Yoda. He did not take center stage in this one. He did not. But every but time I saw him, great. I'm like, this thing is just so adorable. I can't even like handle it. <sighs> it's, it's him smiling when he's in the speeder, like, like yeah. a dog with his head out the window. Just, <sighs> uh, huh. <laughs> I Big love when he's uh, in the pot after the yeah, crate dragon came by and he like pokes his head <laughs> out. Oh, and like, oh, they do so a great funny. job of it. Man, they do a fantastic job. They do. That was that was awesome. Uh, okay, there is there is another feature that I wanted in every episode, and that is a Lego set that you would make from this particular episode. For me, uh, I gotta get Cobb Vanth mm-hmm. and his speeder Cobb Vanth. with with a oh, Mando and the speeder and. And honestly, I would love their two speeders and maybe a couple townspeople and the Bantha. So there you, go. You, you got the you got the $15 version with the two speeders. <laughs> the two speeders. And then you got the the $30 version with the speeders and the Bantha. Oh, that's gonna be 40. Who am I kidding? Yeah. And then I'm happy to get the hundred dollar set with like just the head of a crate dragon sticking out of like a little rock facade. That'd be cool. Uh obviously not to scale. Oh, I hope, yeah. Because <laughs> Lego, Lego struggles with the scale. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how you do a crate dragon. Like, part of me wants to build a crate dragon Lego as big as this table. You probably to, could to yeah. do the scale version. <laughs> that would be so cool. It would be cool and cost hundreds of dollars. It would and be absolutely worth it. Oh and, yeah. And uh, yeah, I could, I could sell those instructions for a hundred dollars, and people would buy it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, for two sure. people would buy. It. Um, and I think that's about it I think that's going to be it for uh, chapter 9 of The Mandalorian I agree so lots of good stuff so and uh, until we see you guys next time keep raising them nerds yes (laughs) we gotta come up with an outro or something yeah we do (laughs) but that'll work for now this is the way I don't don't know you know what can you say before you get like sued for something 